Welcome back to another episode of Better Than I Found It, the podcast that highlights so many great things about college golf. Today's guest is Oklahoma State women's coach, Greg Robertson. G-Rob talks about the value of his parents' example and their influence on his coaching. He also reminisces and tells some really great stories about his days as a collegiate golfer. He also talks about his team's postseason run last spring, along with their incredible undefeated fall season this year. From this interview, it's easy to see why Greg has had so much success. Plus, he's just a great guy. Hope you enjoy the listening. Greg Robertson, G-Rob, welcome to Better Than I Found It. It's really an honor to have you on here today. I appreciate it. Uh, I've been listening to your podcast for a while, so uh, it's an honor to be on here. That's great. I appreciate that. You know, when I started this podcast, it was at the behest of my assistant coach, Mikkel. Mikkel decided that he thought we needed to have a podcast. And I did. I wasn't crazy about the idea. But when he convinced me that having uh, great guests, college players, college coaches, different people, and we could learn a lot. And so I made it a goal to just continually bring on people that I thought could help us out and teach us. And also kind of shed a positive light on college golf in general. Well, you're one of those people. So I've been wanting to have you on this podcast for a while. So thanks for taking the time today. Well, thank you. Before we get into your background of in your coaching philosophy and all of that, let's talk about like the big elephant in the room. It's like this incredible fall season that your golf team has just completed. I mean, you guys went undefeated this fall at Oklahoma State in women's golf. That doesn't happen very often. So talk to me about this fall. Just give me a, a summary. Yeah, it was a pretty special uh, fall for us. And coming into the fall, we we lost Maya Stark um, as a tour pro, and she went on. She's actually won a couple of European tour events uh, since she turned pro. And um, you know, so she was ranked fifth in the world. She was a first team All American, and and so um, you know, that's you you lose somebody like that. It's it, it obviously um, you know it's it's not easy to overcome. Um, but we were fortunate. Uh, that we had a good group still coming back. Um, she was the only one actually that we lost uh, from last year. And then we were able to get Kaylee McGinty, who was a uh, transfer from, uh, from Kent state. Um, we recruited her and signed her at Kent state, but we never got to coach her because we left and came to, to Oklahoma state, but she's a two-time all American. And she since has come in and I believe she's ranked number two in, uh, in the golf stat rankings and has done a heck of a job. And in addition to, uh, Clements Martin, a freshman from uh, from France, who's who's done some some good work, um, and and everybody else had had good summers coming in. Has just played uh, some solid golf, and so they they played uh, played outstanding. Um, you know, as you know, it's uh, it's a long season, and 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 having some success in the fall is great. But uh, you know, we've got to continue to work hard and and uh, keep moving forward as a team as we get into the spring. That's great. I just, when I look at an undefeated season, I think there's so many things that can cause you to lose a golf tournament. I mean, it it could be anything. Just a kid wakes up, didn't sleep right, has a crick in his neck, her neck, just doesn't feel very good and shoots 80 or whatever. There's just too many. Some team shoots 20 under par one round. I mean, there's a lot of things that make it hard to go undefeated. What, what do you, what's the biggest reason you think you guys were able to do that in the fall? And I realize you've got a long way to go in this season. There's a bunch of golf left, but you won four or five golf tournaments this fall. What was, what's the biggest reason? 
Well, I think we had four of the five um, that, that played at the NCAA championship back. Um, and again, we, we've got a deep team. I, I think, uh, you know, we, we've got, uh, you know, players who, who didn't necessarily play in the lineup, um, you know, that uh, they're good quality, solid players. And so the competition that we have at home is, is big. Um, but I think, uh, you know, having that experience from the team from the year before and then adding, you know, a couple quality players like Kaylee and Clements, um, you know, really, I, I think that's, that's really what, uh, what, what did it. And, and as, as you know, the, the year went on, Kaylee won twice this fall. And so as the others uh, started to see her play and, and probably gain some confidence in her, I think that helped. Um, but, uh, but they just, they, they work hard. They're just a good group of, of ladies, um, you know, and, and uh, it, it's, it's a fun, fun team to coach um, because whether it's in the weight room, whether it's academically, they got a 3.65 team GPA, um, you know, on the golf course, they, they just do such a great job and really everything, uh, everything they're doing. So, I mean, it's, it's fun to watch them and, and really, to be honest with you, I mean, I, it's just more or less just staying out of their way and letting them do their thing. Mm, I like hearing that, that there's so, so many people forget that there's a genius in simplicity and doing less that a lot of times it's like, <laughs> These Absolutely. are pretty good. If I'll just stay away, they'll probably do okay. Without so, a doubt. <laughs> well, anyway, I want to wish you the best of luck as you continue to work through the year. But let's get back into a little bit of your background. Um, you obviously played golf, but your your dad was a coach. And mm -hmm. I know you played football for your dad. So I want you to kind of take me through what it was like to play for your dad, uh, what it was like to play a different sport for your dad, not golf. Mm -hmm. And then uh, – some things you may have learned from him. And I know your mom was a, a high school golf coach as well. So you've got coaching in your blood. So to talk to me about that, the influence your parents had on you. Yeah, we, we uh, are a family of coaches with, with my dad being a retired football coach and my mom having coached uh, high school golf. And she actually coached a little bit of volleyball too. Um, and then my sister's the, the head women's golf coach at Texas tech. And so, um, but, but I, I, I still think back to my senior year in high school um, and I was the quarterback of the football team. Uh, my dad was the offensive coordinator, and I, I think that was probably some of the most fun that I ever had playing a sport. And um, you know, and and so our love for the game of football, I mean, is you know, it's about as big as anybody's. And and so, um, getting to work with him and do it my last year of, of playing football, um, you know, was something special. My my mom is is the you know the Mike McGraw of, of New Mexico uh, golf. She <laughs> she coached uh, sixteen years high school golf and won 14 state championships and oh finished second the other two years. And so she, she might be the best coach of, of the family, to be honest with you. Um, and then my sister, you know, Jojo, she's made it to match play at the NCAA championship one year. And, and so, you know, but I, I think what I learned from really from my parents, um, I mean, their love for what they did, um, you know, was huge. And, and then the work that they put into it, um, you know, those, those two things right there are, what I really got from them and I saw from them, um, as I was growing up and, and as a family, I mean, we are, we've, you know, just like every family, we've got group, a group text and we're always passing along ideas and quotes and, and things that we read uh, to each other. And so, you know, we're constantly, uh, helping each other out learning, even my dad, at, you know, 74 years old right now. Um, I mean, he's still 
he's retired. He's he's still drawing up plays, uh, you know, f- football plays on his notepad and, and watching games on Saturday, doing that stuff and trying to come up with new ideas. And so I, I just see that. And, and, and that's where, um, you know, if I continue to have love for the game of golf and for coaching like they did in their careers, um, you know, I, I, I can see myself doing this for a long time. That's, that's really good to hear. I don't know if you know this, you've seen John Wooden's, um, his pyramid of success. I'm, I'm oh, sure yeah. you've seen that. But the two cornerstones on there are, are the exact two things you just said, enthusiasm mm-hmm. and, and industriousness or work ethic. Yeah. So if you love what you do and you work hard at it, that'll, that, that you can build on. And I don't know if you meant to reference that, but it's what popped into my mind immediately. <laughs> No, that's that's really is the first thing that, uh, you know, that does come to my mind with him. And I, I look back, I mean, my mom, it's it's really amazing, a little town in Roswell, New Mexico. Um, and and she uh, she had at one time and, and she kind of grew the, um, you know, the, the girls golf team there so much that she had one year. She had 28 girls come out for the golf team. Wow. And, uh, you know, and, and so and she she coached uh, uh, Jarena Pilar. Um, and mm-hmm. who went on to be an Olympian and, and Solheim Cup uh, player. Uh, my sister was a Curtis Cup player. So just that that little town in New Mexico, um, you know, had uh, has had a lot of success and a lot of great players come through it. Your uh, mother, I never realized she won 14 state championships. That, yeah, <laughs> that's incredible. That's, yep. that's great. Well, I think the love and work ethic, those two things go hand in hand. If you love what you do, you'll work harder at it. If you work hard at it, you're probably going to love it. So exactly. Yeah, very good. Well, so you obviously were a good junior player, good enough that you came on a visit to Oklahoma State when Mike Holder was the head coach and uh, you decided to make Oklahoma State your home. So I know that every coach in recruiting, we say certain things. We tell kids this, we tell them that we we paint this picture, we paint that picture. But I'm pretty sure Mike Holder never talked to you about what your first day in Stillwater would be like. I want you to describe that first day as a freshman in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, just going back to the the recruiting process, I mean, Coach Holder is, I mean, he tells you how it is. And uh, and I still remember, and I we were talking about this the other day. I mean, you know, when I came in, I remember specifically him telling me, you know what, I want you to come here. And if you come here, I want you to beat every player that we have on the team. But you know what? I'm going to go out and I'm going to try to recruit players over the next three or four years and come in and kick your butt. And so, you know, those are, those are the things that, uh, I mean, he was straight up, he was honest with you uh, with everything in the recruiting process, but, but going back to my first day on, on campus, uh, I remember showing up, my, my parents just kind of packed my car and sent me off. They didn't come up here with me. So I was just by myself. And, and I stayed with a guy named Billy Brown, who, who's from Stillwater, played on the golf team. And I uh, stayed with him that first night and, uh, and he tells me he got a call from coach Holder and he said, uh, coach wants everybody out of Karsten Creek. And at the time, Karsten was just being built and, and, uh, and basically everything had been done except for they were just, they were sodding the entire golf course. And so he said, you know, he wants everybody out there to, and, and come in something that you can get dirty in. And so we all show up there about, you know, 10 or 11 of us that show up out there and uh, we're in our, our workout stuff. And, and it's one of those August days in Stillwater, those 95 to hundred degrees and, and humidity where you step out of your, your house and you're already sweating five minutes later. And, and we get out there and, and uh, all of a sudden these, these big semis just start pulling up with, uh, with 
you know, loads of sod. And, and nowadays, you know, they, they, they have those big rolls where you can just roll them down the fairway and it's easy. Well, back then they were just little squares and it's like, you know, puzzle pieces, just putting those, fitting them in. And we laid sod for a good 10 plus hours that day and just enough time to take a little lunch break um, and get right back at it. And we sodded probably two thirds of the 18th fairway, which I was talking to Travis, the superintendent uh, at one point this year, we were talking about that story. And, and he said that the amount of work that we did um, that day would probably, it would have taken the workers that they had close to, you know, five, six, seven days to, to complete. So, I mean, we just, we got the work and we just never stopped and coach holder and was right there with us doing the exact same thing. And, and, uh, you know, and as you know, coach, what he, he likes to do, um, is he, he wants people to have an appreciation for what you have and also have a hand in some of that stuff. And so that was his, I think his goal was to, you know, we're going to be out there. We're going to be a part of this. Um, it's a special place, Karsten Creek and, and, uh, you know, you guys are going to appreciate a little bit more having to put some, you know, do some dirty work and, and, uh, and have an appreciation for the golf course. And so, and I, and, and it wasn't just that, that day. I mean, we, I remember a time where we got to practice and, and, uh, um, for the entire time we went around the, the whole golf course, everybody spread out across the fairway and we were just sanding, sanding divots and, uh, you know, and so, he, he had, uh, you know, that way of doing things and, and, uh, you know, and, but it's, it's a great story. It's one of those stories where every time we get together as a group, um, you know, for the team that did it, I mean, that's one of the first things that comes up that we start talking about it and we laugh about it now. We hated it then. And, but I think we have an appreciation for why it was done and, and, uh, you know, looking back on it, it's a great story. Well, I know one of those players with Bo Van Pelt, he's still playing professional golf. Yep. And the first thing he did was lay sod all day long at Carson Creek. You know, when my last year at Oklahoma State, we built a short game green that you guys still use today. Yep. And I made sure that our guys laid the sod for that, for the same yeah. reason. That wasn't yeah. quite the job, but we laid the sod around the green. Um, uh, we planted the green, but we laid the sod, the Bermuda sod. So I think that's an important thing. Make somebody appreciate it a little bit more. And I'm sure every time you walk down the 18th fairway, you probably think about that that day. Absolutely. And, and I'll tell you the, probably the one that, uh, that was in the biggest shock of, of it all was Leif Westerberg, who had just come from Sweden, probably never really seen heat like this before and, uh, and sun like this. And, and, uh, you know, probably was wondering what he was getting into, uh, <laughs> when, when he showed up and, and, uh, coach holders having him lay sod like that on his first, his first day as well. <laughs> Again, sometimes in recruiting coaches forget to give the full story about what it's going to be like. But I will say this, Mike was always willing to, not willing, he was kind of eager to make sure he did the same thing you were doing. And yeah, yeah. so I learned that from him. I thought that was a good lesson to teach, but also just letting kids appreciate all that's being done for them by involving them in it, which was great. Yep. So a couple of other stories that step out in my mind of your time at OSU. One is, I believe it was your first tournament you played and it was in Hawaii. And it was a practice round. And it was the very first hole. Please describe that one for me, because if if the story that I got is accurate, it's pretty good. Yeah. So, so it was in Hawaii, and and Chris Tidland, they they played two tournaments in Hawaii uh, that year, and Chris Tidland had qualified for the uh, for the PGA tournament at Riviera, and so he flew there, and I flew out to Hawaii by myself. This was my first college tournament ever, 
and the team, it was that year that, uh, you know, Stanford and Oklahoma state were one and two, um, tiger was playing for Oklahoma or for Stanford, his uh, freshman year. And we get out there and, and, and I was a bit of a nervous Nelly out in college anyway. And, and, um, you know, so this, this was a, uh, you know, big deal to me. I probably blew it up into an even bit bigger deal than it should have been. But, um, you know, Stanford's coming down the fairway on the first hole is a shotgun start. We're teeing off on number two. We're all standing around. I was last to hit coach holders reading the newspaper. And, and I was, you know, back then those tees weren't very long. They weren't long like they were today. So I, I was hitting a driver. I had to barely get that tee in the ground, you know, because I'd tee <laughs> it up. a practice round, right? Practice yeah, this round. Is, oh yeah. Th- yeah. This is a practice round. And so I'm, I've got this t- ball teed up and I take the, take it back. And, and, uh, and as I'm, I'm, starting my downswing that ball starts to tip over and I try to kind of stop my swing a little bit but in but I I get right through a ball falls off the tee I hit the tee you know balls on the ground I basically whiffed the shot and uh I mean the the teammate my teammates were on the ground laughing and coach <laughs> Holder just kind of you know like he does he just kind of calmly he lowered his newspaper because he didn't see it and he looked at me and he looked at the ball and he said did you just whiff that? <laughs> and, uh, and I, I just, I was speechless. I had no idea what to say, what to do. I mean, now at this point, I mean, I'm, I, I'm so rattled, uh, you, you know, it's what's going on. And, and, um, uh, but yeah, that's, that's another one of those stories that, uh, you know, my, my teammates, especially ones that were there like to remind me of, but you know, and, and of course the best part is, is the book that was written, you know, about that year, that story is in that book. So, you know, of all the great things that, uh, you know, that happened at Oklahoma State that year and winning the national championship and that book being written, the one thing written about me was uh, was that tee shot that I whiffed on the, on the very first hole of, a, of the practice round, my, basically my first shot in college golf. Well, <laughs> I mean, you got in the book anyway. And by the way, the name of that book is called The Last Putt. Yeah. Uh, and it's a, a wonderful depiction of Oklahoma State and Stanford, the 1994-95 school year from the finals of the U.S. Amateur where Tiger Woods beat Trip Keeney all the way through to the playoff between Stanford yep. and Oklahoma State. The whole year. Great book. It's a fantastic book. If anybody could, if you go on Amazon and try to find a used copy or eBay, uh, I think it's, it's worth your reading. It's a great Absolutely. book about college golf. Yep. The last putt. So somebody, you got to get that. Now, the book's quite old now. It's 10 or 12 years old, mm-hmm. but it's, it's quite, it's a great book. So one other story was your practice round the following year at Prairie Dunes for the conference championship. You'd heard so many stories about Prairie Dunes. And if anybody that knows me knows that's one of my favorite places on planet Earth, just think it's got the greatest green complexes. It's not long, but uh, it needs wind to have mm-hmm. some defense. And you're playing a practice round. Uh, for the conference championship talk about that yeah so going into the tournament I mean all I kept hearing from coach Holder was just how great this golf course was how tough it is um, you know and and uh, and I agree with you it's it's no doubt one of the best golf courses I've ever played um, but but we play get out there in the practice round and it's it's 75 80 degrees sunny and dead calm and we get around that the practice round and um, I don't remember saying this but coach Holder says that he heard me say this coming off of the 18th green uh you know something to the effect of i don't know what the big deal is that coach holder's making about this golf course you know it didn't <laughs> seem that tough um but the next day you know it was one of those days in, in kansas and in, in spring where it, it went to about 45 degrees um it, the wind's coming from the north is about a 20 mile an hour wind 
And I, I, I remember getting up on, on the first hole and I hit the green in two and I four putt it and I come walking off the, uh, that green and coach Holder standing off the green. And he goes, G Rob, you better have your heart and soul in it today. Or you're going to shoot you a serious number. <laughs> <laughs> and I did. And, uh, you know, and, and so he, he likes to give me a hard time about that. I mean, I, I bet you I've been here two and a half years. He, he's probably told that story to me and, and, you know, and many others probably 10 times. And, and, uh, but, but yeah, it's, that's, uh, you know, a good lesson learned. I mean, you know, it's just, uh, you, you gotta be in it. You gotta be ready to play. And, and, uh, you know, you certainly, uh, you know, can't overlook anything. It's just, it, it, it was a, it's a good golf course. Um, and that particular day in the practice round, it didn't seem that tough. Um, but, uh, when that wind blew and it got cold, I mean, it's that, that course is a beast. I love the fact that it still has relevance in a, in oh, a yeah. day and time when length is so important to people that when the wind blows, when the wind mm -hmm. blows over 20, you've got a real, real test on your hands. For so, sure. You know, the, so you, those are three stories right there about your time at Oklahoma state. One thing we haven't talked very much about is your, your teammates. I think, at one point, you had nine or ten guys on the team at the same time that were all Americans at some point in their career. That doesn't happen very often. What did you learn being on a team like that? I mean, it you know that my freshman year there were seventeen guys on the team, and and that was a year that they were just coming off finishing out of the top five at the NCAA championship for the first time in Coach Holder's career. So he had gone I don't know something like nineteen twenty straight years of finishing in the top five and they had a poor performance at the NCAA championship that year. He wasn't real happy, brought in a big uh, freshman class. Um, I think we had four or five freshmen that came in that year, plus a couple transfers, you know, Trip Keeney was one. Um, and so, but that, that particular year, we had nine all Americans on the same team and, and it wasn't not everybody that year, but, but Jackson Brigman and Brandon Knight were all Americans in previous years and weren't getting in the lineup. Mm -hmm. Um, and then all five of them that were in the lineup, which were Alan Bratton, Trip Keeney, uh, Chris Cox, Chris Tidlin, um, and Leif Westerberg, all five were all Americans. And then you had Bo Van Pelt and Brian Goots on the team that weren't getting in the lineup, but later became all Americans, uh, you know, year two, three years down the road. I mean, you know, the competition, the level of golf that year, I mean, I, I'm not sure that'll really ever be matched by any team um and uh you know but uh but I, I mean just learned a lot from uh you know from getting to play with and against those type of players day in and day out um you know again i the the toughest tournament all year was going to be in that qualifier trying to get in the lineup and um you know and so i think that in itself is is kind of what uh you know, what made the, the team tough. Um, and, uh, you know, they got to tournaments and, and, uh, you know, just like most coach holder teams, not too much phased them. And, and, uh, you know, and they were, they were mentally tough and, and ready to go each week. I think one of the things that's often overlooked, a lot of kids shy away from an experience like that. And they forget if I still have a dream to play the PGA tour, why am I worried about some college golfers? You know, I, I hope there's more good players here to, to make right. me better. And, yeah. uh, but I don't think everybody takes that attitude. I think a lot of them say, well, you know, there's some good players around it. Now I agree too. That you don't want to go and play at a place where you have no chance to ever compete in the lineup. Right. That's not good right. either, but there you had a great experience and you eventually did make it into the lineup. 
Yeah, I did. And, and, uh, you know, my, my career here at Oklahoma state, uh, as far as my golf concern was concerned, I mean, it wasn't what I had envisioned it coming in. I mean, I had some moments where I, I did some good things and played some good golf and, but I, I struggled a bit as well. Um, you know, I, looking back on it, I wish I knew then what I know now. Um, you know, and I, I think, uh, if I, you know, had the mentality that I do now and, or maybe I, if I listened a little bit more to, to coach Holder and, and what he was saying, I, I probably, um, you know, would have been a better player, but I, I think part of, you know, some of my struggles that I, I had in college, um, I think is maybe what makes me a, a hopefully a good coach because I, I can kind of see some of the things before they even happen, uh, with, with players, because I knew, you know, they happened to me in college and, um, you know, and so, but, uh, but so I, I learned a lot, um, you know, that year, not just in terms of the, the good stuff and, and, you know, getting to play with all those players, those great players, but also, you know, I mean, I, I had to deal with some things and, and, uh, and, and, you know, overcome some things. Um, and mostly of it, most of it was in my head. Um, and, uh, you know, so there was a lot of, of learning that took place. And I think, uh, you know, that's kind of helped me out a little bit as a coach, you know, now that I look back on it, um, you know, and that's, that was, you know, 20, 20 some years ago. Um, you know, it's, I, I think I can draw from some of that and, and, uh, use that as, as, as help when I, when I coach these players. That's really good. I think when I was an assistant coach, I was thinking the very same thing at the time. And mm -hmm. before that, even when I was a high school coach, I had learned so much from my failures as a player that some of those things you can apply to a player on your team. Sure. So you did play many tours for two or three years and had yep. moderate success. But at some point you realized I probably am not going to do this forever. Right. I remember you coming to Coach Holder and asking him if he had a position as a volunteer assistant. and I was thinking, wow, that's that's quite a commitment right there because the volunteer assistance, just that, you're not getting paid. Right. And so anyway, let's talk about that a little bit. I want you to talk about the the biggest piece of advice you would give a young coach wanting to get into coaching because you were a young coach. Yeah. You were desperately wanting to get into the game, and you made a major sacrifice yeah. to, to get not get paid for a year. Right. Talk about that. Yeah, so when I – you know, decided that I, I wanted to get into coaching and I played a couple of years. I went to Q school a couple of times, uh, played on the Canadian tour. Um, but I, I felt at the time, you know, if I, if I felt I was right on the brink of, you know, getting over that hump, I, I would have continued, but I felt at the time that, you know, I, I wasn't quite there. Um, and that, uh, I mean, I didn't want to be a 35 year old playing mini tours. And so, you know, I needed to, I needed to move on. Um, and so my, last year of playing I, I went to q school that year while i was a volunteer made it to second stage um but uh but i was you know pre prior to that I, I was looking at uh you know some some websites uh different college teams and you know just because i was interested in maybe getting into coaching and i noticed i think it was at the university of florida they had a volunteer position i didn't even know that existed so i got to thinking well that maybe i had to do that you know as i'm playing my last year um, you know, and, and get myself some experience, especially coming from Oklahoma state, something to put on my resume. And so I did, I called coach Holder up and, uh, and, you know, I, I wasn't sure what he'd say, but he, he welcomed me come up and, and, uh, and do this. And, and so I, I had to, uh, you know, I worked at uh, Carson Creek behind the counter, you know, making minimum wage. I was still playing a little bit. Um, 
And, uh, and then I was the, the volunteer coach. I had a lot going on. Um, and it was a big sacrifice, um, you know, and, and so, uh, but fortunately for me, you know, I learned a lot from you and from coach Holder, um, and, and the very next summer, the job at Purdue came open and, and, uh, Devin Browse just happened to be talking to coach Holder. I think it was at the U S junior and, and, uh, and, and coach Browse said, Hey, I'm, I'm looking for an assistant. Do you know anybody out there? And he said, well, yeah, I've got somebody you know, here in Stillwater that, uh, that would be great. And, uh, and that all worked out, uh, perfectly for me. And so, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, that, that year, um, you know, was, was good for me. Um, I mean, it was tough because I mean, financially it was a struggle and, and, uh, you know, but, but it was great, um, to be able to, to be in that position to learn from, you know, a couple of great coaches like you and, and coach Holder, and then also be able to put that on my resume. So, you know, I, I think for any, any young coach that's, that's, uh, that's getting into, um, or wants to get into coaching. I mean, you know, it's, it's not, uh, I now, nowadays it's, it's getting a lot tougher to get these jobs. Um, you know, I mean, it's very competitive. And so, you know, it's, it's, you got to find, find a way to get your foot in the door, um, whether it be something like that as a, as a volunteer coach. Um, I think, uh, you know, reaching out and, and, and talking to, to different coaches and, and learning from, from as many people as you can, uh, making connections, um, you know, and may, might be golf camps, it might be a volunteer job at, you know, all of those things. And then once you get to that point um, and you get your foot in the door at that point right there, it's, it's all about what you do. And, uh, you know, and so your, your hard work and, and also the, you know, how good of a coach you, you are. I mean, that's going to, that's going to tell everything. And so, um, but, but don't leave any stone unturned. If you want to get into coaching, find a way to get your foot in the door. And then from that point on, work your butt off, learn as much as you can from as many different people as you can. And I mean, for me, I I'm still learning every day. And, um, I mean, I remember my, my first, uh, uh, year as a, as a head coach, my first summer, uh, as a head coach at, uh, Kent state, we were recruit, we were recruiting at the European, uh, girls team championship. And I caught a ride in a car with, with Dan Brooks from Duke. Um, and it was about two hours, two and a half hours, the airport. And I mean, I just at, did nothing but ask questions for two and a half hours. And, uh, you know, and that was a valuable time. I mean, I, my time with, co with coach Holder here at Oklahoma state, I mean, I still, go to lunch with them two, three times a month. And, uh, and I'm still learning from him. And so, I mean, never stop learning, um, work your tail off and, and, uh, you know, do, do everything you can to get your foot in the door and make those connections. Very well said. And when, when young coaches come to me and ask for advice on how to get into coaching, how to get into the college golf scene and whatever, you mentioned two things, one working camps, but, and connecting and making connections with coaches. But if you're going to work at camp, you may as well be the best employee that camp has ever exactly. had. Why wouldn't yep. you be the best employee they've ever had? And some coach is going to say something to somebody. The college golf world's so small, so incredibly yes. small. I mean, everybody yeah. you know, I know. Everybody I yeah. know, you know. It's like we yep. don't. There's no secrets here. So yeah. th those things are important. And you spent 11 years at Purdue as both a men's and women's assistant coach. So well, you did the most you could with that opportunity that Mike Holder kind of got you ready for yeah and, but w since you did coach men and women on both mm -hmm. sides um what, what do you think is the biggest difference between coaching men and women I mean like what 
what would stand out? Because some coaches say, well, if I start coaching women, will I ever be able to coach on the men's side? And I, I always tell them, don't go in with that attitude. Go in with, I'm going to be the best coach for this women's team I can possibly be. And who knows what the future will hold. So anyway, yeah. what do you think are the biggest differences uh, in men and women coaching wise? Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> I think that uh, for me, what I found coaching women uh, is that uh, they tend to listen a little bit more, um, you know, and, and so if, if they have a trust in you, um, you know, they, they, they tend to listen um, in terms of, you know, what you, whether it's, you know, what you want to work with them on or, or anything else. I, I think um, that's, that's probably one of the biggest things. Um, I think there's certainly, you know, a difference in, in, in how you, you handle situations and, and deal with things, um, you know, individually or, or with the team. Um, you know, I, I personally think I'm a better women's coach than, than a men's coach. Um, and I think part of it, because I feel like I'm a little bit more relaxed and laid back as a, as a women's coach. And I think that that helps. Um, when I was at Purdue, um, you know, and I was coaching the, the men uh, as well as the women. I mean, I, I think I was just I was too intense with the with the guys. Um, one, one thing I did find out is that you've got to be yourself when you're your coach. And I, that's another thing I would just add to that other question that you you asked is you got to be yourself. And, and my dad was an old school football coach, you know, coach Holder, I played for him. You know, I went into that kind of trying to be them. And I found out that that, that didn't work very well. Um, and I think when I got into coaching and spending more time with women, um, you know, I, I, I got a little bit more relaxed and, and laid back with the job and, and I wasn't as intense. Um, and I feel like I've developed uh, better relationships with, um, you know, with the women's players um, because of that. And, um, you know, but, but I think both, you know, both men and women coaching men and women, they both have their challenges in different ways. Um, you know, and, and so, but I, I would just say that, you know, the women tend to listen a little bit more, um, and, uh, you know, and, and, and you gotta, you, you handle things a little bit differently, you know, with, um, with, with the men and with the women, um, you know, on an individual or team basis, but so what, what are some of your the things that you you found that were different well that's good that you gave me that question because i was going to say something <laughs> first of all you mentioned being authentic being yourself mm -hmm. so yeah you're not as as intense as those mm -hmm. other coaches you played for because it's not doesn't fit your personality yeah but you are equally as disciplined as sure. those guys so i don't think your discipline has ever changed right and i don't think you should change that so um what do i think are the biggest differences between men and women uh, you, I would echo exactly what you said. They listen better mm -hmm. and they'll run through a wall for you if they think you believe in them. The women yeah. do. Yeah. I don't think the guys are as inclined to do that. But I also think the biggest difference for me is there will be more drama on a women's team. When I coach mm -hmm. women's golf, it seemed like there was more drama naturally than there would be on the men's team. That's not a negative. There just seems to be more guys. If they get upset with each other, they just kind of punch each other in the nose. And yeah. the next day they got. They're out getting wedge shots together. <laughs> the girls, maybe it just takes a little bit longer for them to kind of deal with those emotions they're dealing with. That's that was my experience. And yeah. So um, I, well, I would say just understanding that. Yeah. I, you know, when I first got to Purdue and, and Coach Sprouse was coaching both the men and women, and, and that's what my job was to work with both teams, although I worked mo mostly with the men. He, he said that, uh, you know, his experience was that, uh, 
you know, the, the girls had to like you a little bit more. The guys had to respect you a little bit more. And may, maybe there's some truth to that. Yeah. Devin's a great coach, by the way. I think I learned, in fact, thinking about what you learn from coaches. I remember talking to Devin one time and I was saying, you know, I'm really struggling with the attitudes on my guys team. Really struggling with it. they've got bad attitudes. And he says, coach. There aren't good attitudes or bad attitudes. <laughs> it's there's right or wrong. That work. And there's attitudes that don't work. You need to get that yep. right. Get that straight. I've never forgotten that. I wrote it in my journal. It's like, that's pretty much, yeah, we think we know what a bad attitude looks like, but if it's working, it's maybe it's not yep. a bad attitude. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's, that's the thing. He always, he always looked at it as being right or wrong. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's either working for you or it's working against you. And, and, you know, and, and I, I think that's one of the things I, I look back on, on my career, just talking about, you know, coach Brouse here. Um, and I, I feel like I'm, I'm probably the luckiest coach out there. And to, to think back as to who I was able to spend time with throughout my career and that I, I played for coach Holder, who I think is the best uh, college golf coach ever. Um, you know, his assistant was, uh, was Bruce Hepler, who, I mean, has done pretty much everything you can in college golf hasn't won a national championship, but it wouldn't surprise me if he wins one at some point before his career's over. Um, you know, coach holders won so many national championships, had so many, you know, runner up finishes, top fives. And then I get to work with you for a year. You've won a national championship. You know, I go up to Purdue. Um, I worked with coach Rouse and while I was there, the team, the women's team won a national championship, even in my time, um, I spent my last year, uh, when I was working on my, my graduate degree at New Mexico, I uh, played for JT Higgins. He went on to win a national championship. And then I go to, uh, uh, Kent state and, and work with her page. who's probably one of the more underrated coaches out there. I mean, the job that he did in building that program. I uh, got to learn from him, and now I've come back to, to Oklahoma State, and I get to work with my old teammate, Alan Bratt, and he's won a national championship. So, I mean, it's just – I've been so fortunate to be able to, to learn from everybody and hear those kind of those little nuggets like you just talked about with uh, with Coach Browse and, and uh, you know, and just take all of that in. Um, I mean, it's it's been a real blessing for me to be around those people. Most people are not going to have the experience you've had. I tell you to be around <laughs> that many national championship coaches. That's pretty amazing. You know, to speak about that, you're now coaching at Oklahoma state, which is your alma mater. You played at Oklahoma state. Mm -hmm. And I, I want you to talk about what kind of an honor and a thrill that is. But also I want you to talk about uh, the fact that Oklahoma state has, I think five head coaches that played their, their, at their sport at yeah. Oklahoma state. You've got Mike Gundy, the football coach, Alan Bratton's the men's golf coach. You're the women's golf coach. Josh Holiday is coaching baseball and John Smith wrestling. I mean, what kind of an honor is that to come back to your alma mater and coach? Yeah, it's it's pretty special, and it's special to be around those guys. Um, you know, we all have a love for for the university, and 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 that's what's great about Coach Holder is that uh, you know he has a love for the university and wanted to bring want you know as an AD to bring people back who who are good coaches that, uh, you know, that, that went to school here and, and share that same love. And, you know, I, I'll say that when I was at Kent state and, and this opportunity came open, um, you know, the, the decision wasn't probably as easy as a lot of people might've thought it, it was going to be. We had a great home there, uh, in, in Ohio, great schools. Um, the team was doing well, um, at Kent state and, um, you know, and so, we, we really did like it there. Um, it was after the national championship when, when I talked to coach Holder, um, I came in here and, and took a visit and just kind of 
you know, it had been a while since I've been back to Stillwater, but uh, when I kind of got here, I saw everything. It just kind of felt like home. But, but I, you know, I mean, I, I think there's going into it. I'll be honest. I mean, the the expectations here are, were a lot different than at Kent State, and and that's one thing that you know I, I thought about is that you know we we've got a pretty good deal going at Kent State. You've got to perform when you get to Oklahoma State. And, uh, you know, and I, I look at uh, some other coaches and even other sports, you know, take Boise State, for instance, with Winston's for the football team. You know, those a lot of coaches went through there having a lot of success and then went on to, you know, big time power five jobs and didn't quite have the same success. And so these things kind of entered my mind as I'm kind of trying to make this decision. Um, but in the end, you know, my wife is, is from Stillwater. Her dad lives in Stillwater. It's closer to home with uh with my family in new mexico and and again i mean when i got back here and i you know was was in Stillwater and just uh you know looked around and and just kind of just realized that this was home um you know that 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 really made the decision for me well it was a good decision obviously you (laughs) you built that program up in a very short time let's talk about real quick about last spring Uh Uh, you guys had a great championship run in the postseason um Talk about that because that you were on the precipice of winning a national championship. Yeah, we, you know, of course it was a crazy year at the beginning of, uh, you know, the, in the fall, um, we had, you know, two of our players weren't even here. We had a freshman Madison Henson culture that couldn't get here from Australia. Um, Han, she decided not to come from Taiwan, uh, just because of COVID. Um, we had some issues with COVID had a couple players, uh, you know, that, that, we're in quarantine, you know, multiple times. Uh, Maya Stark stayed over in in, in Europe uh, for the beginning of the semester to play in some tournaments because we didn't even know if we were going to be competing. So it was a, it was a bit of a mess, just like it was for everybody. Uh, but when we got uh, got here in the spring, we had the whole team um, created again more competition within the team. Um, you know, they just they really started to develop and and uh, you know throughout uh, you know our, our tournament play. Um, you know, and, and especially into March, April, and May. And when we won um, our tournament uh, in Arizona, we beat uh, Texas by a shot, I think. Um, and then uh, we, we really kind of started rolling from that point. And, and where I, I think I realized that this was a pretty special team and we had something going pretty good was, was our last um, regular season stroke play tournament, uh, the Bresley, uh that North Texas hosted. And we had Maya Stark and Isabella Fierro um, playing at the Augusta National Tournament, uh, so they weren't even in the lineup, and and uh, and we went uh, went down there and won the tournament. Um, that's when I kind of started to think like this, this could be something special. We got them back in the lineup, um, you know, for the Big Ten or Big Twelve Championship, and uh, played really well um, and and won. I think we won by sixteen shots and shot maybe thirty two under or something like that, and uh, just really had it going and. And so we got into uh, the NCAA championship and and uh, played solid in those those uh, the, the stroke play rounds uh, had the, the uh, third seed and um, you know we met some tough teams uh, you know Auburn uh, you know won uh, the SEC championship um, you know we met them first and and uh, they gave us a good match then we meet up with Duke who was the really defending national champion champions and uh, um, just had an outstanding day that day uh, and, and beat them five zero. Um, and we ran into a, a good Mississippi team, a great Mississippi team. And, and they, uh, you know, had, you know, a team full of fighters, great match play team. And, and, 
you know, we, we gave it a run, came up a little bit short, but, uh, but it was a special time. And I think it was something just kind of hopefully the start of, of building something good here, but, uh, uh, but the players, the experience that they got from that, um, you know, and, and, and how much fun they had, I think they've, they've carried that over into the summer and into this year, just with, with the hard work and wanting to get back to that point. Well, getting to that point, it's not easy. It's never easy. It shouldn't be easy, but it's, it's great that you were able to get them to that, that spot. And maybe the next time they get there, they'll, they'll get the thing all the way to the finish line. But uh, so congratulations on everything you've done so far at OSU. Before we Thank finish, you. I've got a couple of things I want to ask. Mm-hmm. One is a, a question that I ask a lot of different coaches and players. It would be the best piece of advice or two pieces of advice for three whatever your best advice for a 14 year old wanting to get into college golf and then play beyond play professional golf, it could be male or female, but just yeah. somebody at age 14 that really wants to do this in college. What's the best piece of advice you have for them? Well, I, I think, uh, you know, kind of going back to what we talked about with coaching, um, you got love what you do, um, and, and, and enjoy the, the, the process of, you know, getting out there and, and, uh, and, and working and, and there's no substitute for hard work. Um, you know, putting in the time, you know, find somebody that you trust with that can help you out with, uh, with your golf game. Um, you know, and, and, uh, you know, but, but put in the time, put in the work, um, get out there and compete. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, competition's great and, and, and challenge yourself. Um, you know, and, and so the college coaches, they, they want to see scores and, and they want to see you compete, but, uh, they also want to see, you know, players that, uh, you know, that are going to have good grades in school. Um, they're going to take care of that part because we miss so much school when we play college golf, but also, um, you know, show them that, uh, that you're competitive, but also show them that you've got the right attitude um, when you're out there competing um, and that, uh, you know, that you're going to be a good teammate. Once you get to school, you're going to be a good person. Um, you know, there's a lot that goes into the recruiting process and, and that's, that's quite a bit of it right there. And, uh, you know, but uh, but but I think those are some of the things that, uh, you know, that are extremely important for for somebody that's that's wanting to get into it. But but also, you know, reach out to, to some coaches. Uh, and, and 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 as you mentioned earlier, I mean, you know, go, you want to go to a place that's going to challenge you. But uh, but also you want to go to a place where where you can play and, and uh, you know, and compete. And, and so, you know, do do some research and, and find out some about teams and find out about coaches and and, uh, you know, find what's going to be the right fit for you. Um, I, I think that's, that's really the main thing. And so um, th- those would be my, my pieces of advice for a, for a junior golfer that's, that's wanting to get into college golf. Thank you for that, G Rob. That's very, very yep. well said and, and great advice for anybody that's young and wants to do this. So <clears throat> I know you have a busy spring schedule plan. Tell me where you'll be playing this spring as a team. Yeah, well, we start off in January. we got a little bit, a little match against the, uh, uh, Arizona, Arizona State, uh, Denver, Kansas, um, uh, Ole Miss will be there. Um, so that'll be our, our first tournament. Uh, from there, we go to uh, we go to Florida. Columbia uh, is is hosting a tournament in Florida that's uh, it's got a good field. Um, we're going to uh, Houston's tournament. Um, be played at the Golf Club of Houston, and then we go back to Florida for the Gator Invitational. Um, we have, uh, then we go out to Arizona for, uh, the Mountain View Invitational hosted by Kansas State. Um, from there we have uh, a match play event that we're doing with, uh, 
Texas Tech, OU, and Tulsa. That'll be in, in Lubbock. And then we finish up with, uh, with the Resi Invitational at uh, North Texas. Uh, um, and, uh, and then we got the postseason after that. So we've got a good full schedule planned. I, I mean, we're, we're ready to go. Um, I mean, our, I'm already excited to, to get the season going, uh, but we still still got a little bit of time. But, uh, but, but this downtime will be good for everybody to kind of get rested and, and, and be ready once, uh, once January hits. Yeah, that is quite a schedule. They'll need a little rest just to get prepared for that. That's, yeah, that's for great. sure. What is yeah, a lot? We've got a lot of a lot of two day tournaments on, on our schedule. So uh, we 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 probably schedule more tournaments than most teams do because we do play a lot of two day tournaments. Are those thirty six eighteen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another reason to be in shape, right? <laughs> Absolutely. That's a tough day. Well, listen sure. uh, again. Congratulations on all the incredible success you've had so far. I know you've got a, a lot in front of you, but just best of luck going forward, G Rob. And thanks for being on Better Than I Found It. Well, I appreciate you having me on. Hopefully we can do it again.